now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in today on the Steve Day Show free podcast made free by our benevolent overlords at CRTV, which underwrite the cost to make this free for you, the people on iHeart, iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't yet, please consider doing so. And if you haven't written a positive review yet on either of those distribution platforms for our podcast, particularly on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. It's a great way of helping to spread the word. A lot of times people take a look at deciding what to subscribe to. Well, you know, how many, you know, four or five star reviews does that podcast have? Because there's just so many of them now. And hey, if you don't like us, you think we just suck. I mean, don't lie. Just maybe don't say anything. You know, just kind of mosey on along and We'll forget we know you, you forget you know us. I think that's perfectly reasonable. But if you do like us, a positive review would be greatly appreciated. It would be a Christmas miracle. Thank you. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We just wrapped up today's television show for CRTV, the Dace Group Roundtable. Let's go around the room, quickly get a little tease of uh, what's to come later today. Todd, I'll start with you. Well, very broadly, it's a competition. What is the greatest mystery? The the, the reason for the number of uh, sexual predators we've discovered in such a short period of time, the s- true state of the economy, or what happened in Las Vegas? It's it's quite a competition we had. <laughs> nice. It's a good take, Todd. Hmm. That is a good take. And for me, you can wrap that all together with the unrestrained heart. That's someone who isn't looking to God. Um, so, very interesting, Todd. He did it all there. Aaron? I thought the first and third conversations um, <clears throat> were were probably our best conversations. And I, I, I think it's 1A and 1B um, because it really is uh, a mystery what's uh what the cause is for some of these things and i think that's just the way our brains that's the way our brains operate because we want to know truth and when there is no truth seemingly no truth to be found or it's really hard to find then it uh it at least makes me upset and uh, on the third conversation that we have you won't believe what kim said (laughs) (laughs) all right that's coming up today on crtv promo code dace it's a great christmas gift for the patriot in your life maybe that patriot is you if you use my name as a promo code you'll get all the shows here we do every day and have ever done for crtv at a reduced subscription rate so crtv.com promo code dace before we get to today's feedback friday podcast you guys see the latest headline from the babylon Bee. No. no. Is this the Putin one? No. Thorn in Paul's flesh revealed to be Wham's last Christmas. Did you see that? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's perfect for that, you. Did you is, write that one? No, I wish I could them? have written that one. Do you work for them? I want to. When I grow up, I want to work for that, have for you, that outfit. Have you ever started a parody Twitter account? I have not, no. Although yeah. plenty of people think my actual Twitter account is parody. I get, you know, because some of the things I say, but uh, no, it's I was actually, it's intentional. I'm just was, that dumb. I was convinced for a while last year that Smod was you. You thought I was Smod? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I, I, I take it as a compliment oh. that you think I'm capable yeah, of that I, level I mean, of clever. I, I, I meant it as a compliment. It just seemed like everything Smod was tweeting was the same things that you were saying. He must have been listening to this. 
My concern, you know, I, I've, I've made a vow a long time ago that I, I wouldn't do things anonymously, you know, and I've never been the anonymous quote in an article. If a reporter that I know and trust and has not burned me in the past calls me on background to confirm something they have from another source, mm-hmm. so I don't have to go on the record, but they have it from another source, I've confirmed some things on background before, but I've never been the anonymous source. I've never used an anonymous um alias um to the best of my knowledge i and i don't mean to throw that caveat out there i've just written so many things you know for even when i was first coming up i wrote so many things for like weekly sports papers here that were local i can't remember if i always put my name on it but certainly since i had any semblance of a career i've never done anything that didn't have my name on it okay there have been times i have thought though about breaking that vow and doing a parody kind of thing Here's my concern, though. And you guys tell me if you think this is a legit concern. My concern is my parody voice in terms of how I write and communicate. My normal voice is already so snarky and and so ruthless and snotty at times that I don't know how I could... You can't create up a, the parody on this thing? <laughs> yes. no. How would I create a credible alter yeah. ego? Be like, that Dace wrote that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The, totally. the first, the ter- for the Steve and I's side project, Michigan podcast, a few weeks ago when they paid, played uh, Penn State, the whole thing was parody. It was The whole thing was snark. Yes. And people just did not right. get you, it. You would have all. to go the other direction. You'd almost have to be like really droll, like Stephen Wright. You'd have to come across that. Where you, it, just totally dry. Yeah. No, no metaphors colloquialisms catchphrases nothing yeah. well yeah and you've got all kinds of you could do that catchphrases so you'd yeah you would really have to i mean you'd almost have to sound like the the, the man who you know is writing as a a woman who's you know 10 years older than he is you know giving advice to, you know it just totally totally change your identity yeah see i don't think i could get away with it we well you could I just do you, you don't think you could be good at that? Yes, I don't. Okay. Like years ago, people have asked me millions of times, "Why don't you give up on the Lions?" Several years ago, I tried earnestly. Rams were really good. That was when they had Kurt Warner. They had just won the Super Bowl. I liked Kurt Warner's bio from Iowa, yeah. right? Um, and uh, I decided, you know what? I'm just going to become a. I've had enough. I'm done. I don't live in Michigan anymore. I'm out. Yeah. I can't take the losing. I'm just going to become a Rams fan. I couldn't do it. Felt wrong. I, it did. It felt wrong. And this writing thing, you know, like you could, you'd have to. This reminds me of what your wife says to you. Like, what's that face? You're like, that's just my. <laughs> that's, that's just my, my face. That's my like, face. Like, my wife says that to me all the time. What's with that look on your? It's it's You're just my being face. You. It's 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 the it's what I'm bringing to the table. These okay, days. so you know like what now. she's actually asking you. Which is, what are, what you, are you thinking? What happened to my husband? I, I, no, I mean, what, no. When did She's you start looking you, like that? What are you thinking? Okay. Is this another one of those things that I'm going to learn? He said, if, going if that's what that means, I'll change my face instantly so we don't have to talk about <laughs> yes. what I'm thinking. Yes. Yes. Anything, honey. <laughs> yes. How's his face? Ladies, the, let me just tell you, almost always he really is thinking about nothing or you would prefer not to know what he's thinking about. Trust me. Trust me. Um, and it's not because it, it's not because it might always be profane. It literally, he, he literally might be thinking, "Why the hell did they punt on fourth down from a game that happened six months ago?" <laughs> that, that, that happens a lot. Why? Because we're so task and goal oriented. 
that sometimes when we're just off into space, stuff that really bothered us that was mundane and trivial, and in a moment that we had, we could be on a beach having vacation. It was like, my mind can now be bothered by this when really I just couldn't fixate on it at that. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that can happen. I'm still And then thinking, sometimes it is profane and you really don't want to know. I'm watching from the nosebleed, Travis Kelsey running wide open with less than a minute left down the middle of the field. See? Uh, and Alex Smith didn't see him. See? What the hell? What, the, exactly. what the heck is that? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So Interesting. What, it, you either don't want to know what he's thinking or he really is thinking about nothing. Really? See, well, and this is quite a tangent, and I started it, but to go back to where you started, you, you'd, you'd want parody to be fun, like your Michigan football right. pod, and you'd want it to be effortless. You'd have to try really hard to do the kind of thing where you wouldn't, people wouldn't know it was you. I have my, I have my, um, as the writer of Hebrew says, sins that that won't let go or so easily ensnare us. Yeah. I have my peccadillos, weaknesses. One of the reasons you're so aware of them, if you listen to us, is because one of my weaknesses is not fakeness. I, 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 even when I've tried, I don't know what it is, I can't. There's a part of me that almost, I can't help but tell you, oh, I'm really bad at this. This is really where I struggle. This is absolutely where I like to sin. I, I almost, I, I can't help but just, I can't do it. I, I, I can't do fake nice in social settings. I try. I try. I'm not trying to be aloof. I understand I actually need to draw people to what I do. I know that. <laughs> but if I don't like you and I know you're a phony, I can't. I've tried. I can't do it. I can't. I got other issues, other problems that you're all aware of. And one of the reasons you're aware of them, though, is I just can't help but keep it real. I just, I can't. Which is also why, for, if this was for parody, for the kind of fun that you'd love to have for this stuff, and if you pulled it off for a little while and were really good at it, which, which you, and people weren't sure it was you, I think you'd all, yeah. Hey guys, it's me. Wasn't that awesome? You wouldn't feel <laughs> I know, yeah, you, right? You I knock know. yourself out right away. <laughs> it would away. really bother me. I was yeah. like, dude, everybody loved that, and they don't know it was me. Should know it's me. It would <laughs> bother <are> everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Love that. me. <laughs> Love my monkey. <laughs> Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. Indeed. All right, let's let's get let's get to some feedback. Let's start. Mike Shea writes, I'm not saying you should turn your podcast into InfoWars for once a week or anything like that, but since you laid out what I've been thinking the whole time about the Vegas shooting, I hope you talk about this more often, or at least as often as possible, of course. Not to add anything crazy. Um, and I like the fact you kind of stopped on your show before you went there, but you really got my brain thinking about this story, so thank you. Now, I, I'm reading this note from Mike because I, I have been thinking about this the last couple of days since we did that podcast. See, so if your wife would have asked you, what's that face with? Like, that's my thinking about the Vegas face? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yes. Cool. Is there a place? We're living in a time right now where most of the media is openly admitting they're fake news. They're literally saying you rely on us to tell you what's going on and we either lied to you about all the sexual predators that we work with or we weren't aware. But trust us to tell you what Trump did in Japan. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. Yes. Trust us to tell you what happened at the Gadsden County Mall in 1979. 
Can you? Uh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to turn Noah into the onto the old Beavis and Butthead stuff. He can't. He doesn't think it's funny at all. So that's your why your brand is Christian conservative <laughs> stalwart, and he just said out loud, oh, "My 11 year old son. I'm really trying to get him into the Beavis and Butthead thing." Like like I found Amy found on YouTube that screensaver at Burger Grove the milkshake. I always loved. That's my favorite one ever. Uh, we have chocolate vanilla and stuff. That one. And we played that whole screensaver. That was my very first screensaver I bought when Amy and I were first married. And it was like an hour video. He didn't laugh at any of it. He just sat there and looked. He said, "Daddy, this is this is really dumb." And then <laughs> he's, say a word. And then he's then he asked you why you would pay for a screensaver. Yes, he went, first of all, that was after he asked me what is a screensaver. Do you think this is the first time in his life you've told this story before about with the son. You always need to make sure you say, you know listen, my house. Right. And always remember that I can take you. Yeah. This was the first time Noah thought for a second, yeah, I might be able to take you. <laughs> I think this might be the first time. He's yeah. that, this guy, he ain't that tough. <laughs> I don't have a son, so I'm going to live vicariously through that. That's but he sad. sat there like, you know, it's like the old Keith, when Keith Oberman was funny on SportsCenter. Uh, Rich Kotite, stoic. Like when we do the highlights, turnover after turnover. Right. Uh, Rich Kotite, Jets, stoic. Noah, skit after skit after skit. Noah. Stoic. No reaction. We get to the Burger World one with the milkshake, and I'm laughing out loud, and I know every line. Noah, stoic. Stoic. Okay? Now, I'm trying to remember why I brought that up in the context of this conversation. But, um, oh, yeah, because I was talking about the media being fake news. And they're openly saying, we don't know what we're doing. Openly. But trust us on everything. I still can't remember what the hell that Beavis and Butthead thing had to do with it, but maybe I'll come to it. great anyway. Okay. But um, is there a place? Because if there really were grand conspiracies in the world, if I were smart enough to concoct them and then conduct them after concocting them, I would need to have false flag operations. Right? I couldn't have what I'm doing over here and then legitimate journalism happening over here and even if I bought that whole industry off and they ignored me with today's technology with the internet and blogs and podcasts something would get created on its own like pirate radio in the 60s something would something would get created on its own to to fill the gap of the fake Pravda news that we're spilling out on the official channels every day right so I would need to create false flags. I need to create, have total buffoons be the people and, and, and give them names and, and budgets to draw traffic so that people flock to get, the, to get the real news, to get the stuff the mainstream media won't report, right? I'd have to, if Alex Jones didn't exist, I'd have to create him. Dude, are you saying Alex Jones? Yeah. What yeah, are, that, that sound that you hear is Alex Jones's audience gasping and then listening to us. <laughs> so, if we are going to live in an era of not just biased news now, but systemic fake news, we're not just biased anymore. It's just fake. Let me tell you what happened just this week. On Tuesday, the Washington Post picked up an AP story. That, show, that said Steve Bannon was abandoning Judge Roy Moore 
in Alabama, right? Very next day, headline on CNN, Bannon having rally in Alabama for Judge Roy Moore, AP has to retract their own story and so does Washington Post and everybody else. How often, this happens all the time. All the time. So it's not just bias, it's fake. And then if you want to expose the fake news, you can just plant stories just to jerk their chain, get them out. Tell them what they want to hear. You know they'll run it. And then you can just expose them. The whole thing is fake now. It's clear Jones and people like him are hacks. Fakes, hacks themselves. They're even now swearing to it on affidavits in a court of law. Is there a place... Is there a place to try and bring... We've been doing the truth and analysis to the news. That's what I've been trying to do. Apply the truth in my analysis of the news. What is the news? Do you know what the news is? Yeah. Kim, you know what it yeah, is? Yeah, that. Ta- Aaron, what's the news? Do you know? No. Yeah. So if we don't know what the news is, kind of hard for me to bring truth analysis to the news uh just like my son asked me what's a screensaver now dad what's the news all right um is there a place to do truth to the news where we fact check and where just real news just real news and we 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 ask critical skeptical questions the reason why i stopped short of connecting the dots when we did that podcast about vegas the other day is because i think that's the line i don't know what what these unanswerable questions mean i don't know i just know that these are unanswerable questions that deserve to have answers and i'm not and nobody should be buying the answers we're being given because they don't pass a generic smell test right The trouble we get into then is when we proffer what is the alternative explanation for what all of these things mean. And that's where you can kook yourself out of out of existence, out of, um, you know, out of credibility. Stopping short of that. We did more. Because it's not it's Alex Jones isn't a fool because um, he doesn't trust the news. He's a fool for saying new t- uh, Sandy Hook never happened. This happened instead of Sandy Hook. We were making the friggin' it's the friggin' frogs gay. It's the alternative theories proffered up that he submits in exchange for you know the state-run run media's narrative of the day. That's the issue. What if we stop just short of that and we just said we're not, we have no we weren't there. We don't know what happened. I don't, I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. Were you there? I wasn't. I don't know. I'm not in the court of law. I don't have the power to subpoena, investigate. But as we analyze the news we're being given, here's why it doesn't add up. Here's why it doesn't work. I have no idea what the alternative theory to the actual narrative we're being given is. I just know this narrative shouldn't be accepted at face value because it doesn't pass an acid test, a smell test. What are your thoughts, Todd? Well, I know to some degree there's an appetite for what you're talking about. And that was borne out by uh, the initial and almost immediate success and continued popularity, even though it's been shown to just be biased the same way the rest of the press is. But it's been around for like 10 years, factcheck.org. It, it won a, a Pulitzer and it, for basically 
attempting to and people asked instantly well isn't this just what the news is supposed to be anyways but they just like here's here's a particular issue we're gonna do the dive on this and look at the data and see what it says it's incredibly popular uh still again even though it's been shown multiple you know the pants on fire ratings it's been given it there's now it's there's there's a the conservative version or an i don't even know if it's conservative there's another version that just basically lives to fact check factcheck.org so in like i wouldn't believe politifact snopes i tell people don't believe they're all they've all been politicized don't believe any of them so that's that's the trick there's an appetite for it but to be successful at this it's successful to the point where you you may have the best intention but as soon as you 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 know this intimately steve Mm -hmm. people would love it when you're fact-checking liberals but look how much flack you've taken over the years for fact-checking conservatives they just they've won they've literally tried to get you fired from your job that's the trick to, to be cons- to be consistently be able to hold your own and be successful um, in a in a market economy when there's all kinds of people who would be the ones paying the money that right. are pulling it away because they're just I'm taking my ball and going home because their agenda is straw men and it isn't truth if we just do not have there, there is enough people who want it but factcheck.org is still a niche thing if I went out there and asked 9 out of t- 10 people on the street they want to know what factcheck.org is just like you say all the time that's where we we keep convincing ourselves you know Twitter we have to remind ourselves daily Twitter like what is the thing that you could do and create Steve where it would go beyond this bubble we live in and in, people would say, well, I've, I haven't heard this. Before. This is what I've been looking for. I don't even know if that culture is even there anymore. They're too titillated on whatever they're doing. I'm well, just tired, Kim, of people being lied to. Oh, yeah. People I'm like tired of I'm, I'm tired. Well, I don't. There's that. I'm tired of the fact I may even be lying to them without knowing it because I'm analyzing news that may not even be true. Right. We not, they, that may not even be true. And and I'm and I'm giving analytical reaction to it. What do you think? I have to take that back. I I did ask my husband to lie to me once about whether or not there were sharks where we were windsurfing, and he looked at me like, uh, "Yeah, there's no sharks here." And I'm like, "Dang it! It wasn't even believable." So that's my only yeah lie to me. Um, I think there is a market for it. What I think would be interesting is that you could do. I mean, because a lot of people are Pontius Pilate. What is truth, right? Mm-hmm. You could do like these videos and immediately stop it, fact check it with resources that the particular person is interested in. Like if I'm arguing with a liberal, I'll use a resource that I think that this authority that they love, like, um, you know, something like the Huffington Post, for example, when they came out against the Paris Climate Treaty all the way back and they said, there's no teeth to this. This is not a good agreement and now they flipped out when Trump wanted to get out of it. So you use those old, you use the authority that they love to show how they're arguing against it. So I think there's, I think there's something there. I think people would be interested in it, and it has to be, you know, kind of fast. People li- love videos, the quick videos. And what do you think, Aaron? Uh, um, it's what Todd said. I don't think people really want the truth. They just want to be entertained. You could be entertaining with the truth. Yeah, see, though, if I, I I think if it doesn't fit their truth, it doesn't matter if it's entertaining or not. I'd like to be wrong, though. 
are you saying that it, so for a lot of pe- the followers of people like Jones, it doesn't matter whether yes. it doesn't matter. He's a nutcase who openly swears in an affidavit in court. I'm it's a fraud. Fun. It's fun listening to him rant and rave about conspiracies. And it's it's and, and, and frankly, even if he is making stuff up, it's probably more plausible than the uh, the claimed actual news we're getting on a daily basis anyway. And this is a lot more fun. Is that what you're saying? Basically. Yeah. And I think the the really dangerous thing I'm going to need a career change is essentially what Aaron is saying. Go ahead, talk. Yeah. The really dangerous thing here is that to get outside of the bubble and sustain this long term, I think your effort, it ju- it simply would require scalps. And you can't... You, you, you just have to do your job and maybe you get them and maybe you don't. But if you... If you if you go wrong, you do what uh, and we talked about this earlier in the week. What happened with Project Veritas? I mean, you fly too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got some scalps and some good ones just by doing his job. But would anybody say that Project Veritas was, uh, you know, it totally changed the game or anything like that? Uh, no. And I think what he, maybe he got uh, tired of that and he 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 went for too much and you just have to be you know outcomes are the mine is to be faithful and outcomes are for god thing you know you mm-hmm. can't you can't be trying to manufacture the outcomes as badly as we might need them you can't hmm. <sighs> jeffrey or jeff Payne in winter springs florida writes this note The entire purpose of progressivism, the hook that grabs people, is the promise of the arbitrary exercise of power. To the progressive mind, hypocrisy isn't a flaw. It's a feature. Catching progressives being hypocrites is like going into a donut shop and catching people eating them. It's what they came there for. What progressivism does for the mind is it infects. It's to convince your mind that what you feel is what is real. Or to put it more philosophically, perception is the reality. Since their thinking is untethered from reality, cognitive dissonance is no longer a problem. And guilt isn't a problem either, because guilt requires comparative thinking, meaning comparing my actions against some kind of fixed standard and then determining what is right or wrong. When you have no standard, there's no comparison, so hypocrisy is no problem. So progressives are free to impose whatever they want, whenever they want, on whomever they want. The only limitation is how much power they have, which is why progressives love big, fat government. Progressivism offers an escape from the tension that truth imposes on the soul. That's a great line. Mm -hmm. But the price is to lose the freedom that truth brings to the soul. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Or we choose the lie and it binds us. Thoughts on that email from Jeff in Winter Springs, Florida, Kim. That was brilliant, Jeff. Absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, you can tell because... (laughs) There was just so many truth bombs in that. I mean, really, I always wondered about the cognitive dissidents. Why doesn't that just make their head explode? It doesn't matter to them. They're not, they're not doing a logical progression of thought. It's all about feelings and making it real. Well, th- he's right about everything, but I've been around a lot of these kinds of people during my time working at the Divine Register. They, they feel... Uh, they they don't care about the hypocrisies, but th- they still, based on this notion of where the people we've been uh, waiting for and the very nature of progressivism, which there's a utopian sensibility, they they, they they fancy themselves the smartest people in the room. 
and what they hate. They hate it when you call them on it effectively. They, they just, and which is why they like their insular rooms because they've created right. this world. I told them, you know, you just, you guys just love hiding behind your typewriter. You just absolutely love it where you, there's just no level of uh, accountability. I mean, really put yourself out there on a regular basis and be held accountable. You would never want to do that. And, um, or, or that's more general, but on specific issues where I call their bluff on things, you know, I was being a real reporter, and I tell them, "You're, you're not. I mean, you're being, they, mm. they can't stand it. So that's <laughs> your duty. It, it, and listen, I, it, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's nasty, but quite it. it doing that is done out of love. You, you, that's right. the only, the only way to set them free is to push, put them through that very uncomfortable position. Plus, you're just fighting for the culture at large. I just, I, I don't feel bad by making those people tremble. I just don't. I think it's my job. What Jeff articulated here is why I have said for many years now, progressivism is the heresy of this age. It is not a political ideology. It's a theology. The, the church has, has misunderstood this. Uh, and now because of it has, has imported many progressive notions into its own ideology and methodology and now theology in many places. It, it, it has its own ecclesiology. It's just that the government is the church. It has its own theo. It's just that the state is God, or you can be like God. It has its own creation mythos, in this case, Darwinism. It's why scientific inquiry that would dare to question any premise of Darwinism can be tolerated in no academic setting dominated by progressives whatsoever. It's the, I had a conversation with a creationist scientist on our CRTV show about a week ago, and I made the point to him that Francis Collins, who was the original head of the Human Genome Project in the 1990s, who's an evolutionist, but after mapping, after, you know, one of the great human scientific um, achievements of this age was the mapping of the human genome and DNA and, 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 the, and, the, and the charting of DNA. He was one of the point people on that scientific achievement. And, and in his mind, that was proof of some form of intelligent process guiding the process of evolution. The minute he said that, he didn't say he thought the earth was created in six days. There's only one living God. The minute he said that when I, when I got done spearheading this, one of the scientific achievements of this age, I just, the math didn't add up to random occurrence. There had to be some, something guiding a process that ended up this perfect. He would immediately like that be disqualified from teaching life science, earth science in any eighth grade classroom in America. And all he did was run one of the largest scientific investments of the 20th century. So they have their own creation mythos. They have their own absolution system. That's what global warming's about. That's, that, that's why, I mean, that's why there's, there's punitive punishments. How dare, because this is a violation of the moral ethos. And you must do penance. When Harvey Weinstein was first busted, what was he originally going to do? What was, what was his original plan? Was it a fundraiser or something? I'm going to fundraise. I'm going to raise money against the NRA. Yeah. That's, that's similar to somebody saying, I must perform an act of penance. You know, it's that scene in, it's the scene in The Sopranos where Tony, you know, to, to assuage his con conscience is cutting massive checks to his local Catholic diocese, you know, and so that way the priest, every time he wants to call him on it, on it for the way he's acting, well, I cut you guys a bunch of, I did my act of penance. It's what I did.
That's what, that's what Harvey Weinstein was saying. But my penance is to the state, the state of the hive mind, the progressivism. This is an alternative church. It is not a political movement. Never has been. Its basis is from men like Horace Mann. And I went to Horace Mann Elementary School here in Des Moines, by the way, when I was a kid. That was one of the elementary schools where Dave would coach me on how to lie about what the marks on my face were from. It was Horace Mann Elementary right here in town. I went there. doesn't exist anymore. Horace Mann, Thomas Dewey, the Humanist Manifesto. The intention was to create a systematic theology to rival and then eventually replace Christianity. That's not a conspiracy. I just read their notes. That's what they said. That's what they said it was about. This is where our modern notions of progressivism come from this, these men. This is an alternative religious system. That's where the fervor comes from. Why do they take to the streets? Why do they pound tables? What other kinds of movements do that, by the way? Religious fundamentalists do this. Like in places like Egypt and Libya. Or and if they're, and they're pajama yes, cults. Yes, and, and no tolerance for dissent on any level. I know they love to castigate the church for its flirtation with the, with the, uh, with the uh, Inquisition era. That's their methodology. They are fun, they're, they're, this is their own religious fundamentalism. It's the religion of progressivism. That's what it is. And now the church is completely surrounded now, outflanked. And many, of, many within its own ranks are adherents and adoptees of aspects of this level of progressivism. And hopefully Pope Benedict was right. That's when it's going to really get good, when the church is surrounded and flanked and smaller. That has been history. That has been history. Um, and then sometimes it just, um, we, it's, it's Revelation 3. And Jesus says, and I will come to you, and I will take away your lampstand. Sometimes it's that too. <laughs> it's too sometimes. Next email. <laughs> oh, a couple more quick ones. Matthew Who says. Who else's lampstand can I take away? <laughs> it's Friday, Friday. <laughs> got to get down on friday right uh matthew says i'm so glad you guys have the uh, podcast back um i was wondering um where are you at with uh your nefarious plot movie because i haven't had a chance to listen to you the last few months you know i, I wanted to answer this because it dawned on me when i got this email i bet there's a lot of people when we announced this about this time last year when we finalized the movie deal it was right around christmas last year and then we went crtv took us from salem to crtv and, and to subscriptions in february so there's probably a lot of people that have come back to us in the last couple months since we came back on on uh, the free podcast side of things that don't have an update our hope and expectation is that the movie will go into production in 2018 Okay. I only say hope and expectation because um, the production company that is going to turn Nefarious Plot into a movie um, is just beginning the filming process, production process of their current movie. And when they when they signed the when Believe and I signed our contract last year, the debate was whether my movie would go into immediate green light or they were going to continue. Um, with a movie based on Abby Johnson's expose of Planned Parenthood. That was a huge best-selling book. 
they made the decision because they were already well into pre-production on that movie it would just make more financial sense to see it through rather than to table it then come back to it so they're beginning the process of lining up their filming schedule for the movie uh, that they're doing on Abby Johnson's book on Planned Parenthood which they are really trying to do their best to get out because of the current climate we're in obviously um, so the short that's the long answer to explain why there is a, if there's any sense of disclaimer in the short answer I've never been I don't know how long it takes to make a movie I don't know so I, I, I can't tell how long it will take them to make that movie that I don't know the answer to right but the hope and expectation is by some point in 2018 we will begin the production process of a nefarious plot but it won't come until they finish the uh, um, the, the film on Abby Johnson and, and when they told me early this year that that was the decision they made they were like are you okay with it and I'm like well, what am I going to say no hey man how I, we're not doing a movie exposing Planned Parenthood alright <laughs> my book is going first what are you freaking talking about I mean what was I going to say hey the kid born to a 15 year old mom who decided not to have an abortion after Roe v. Wade is going to say no I really don't want that expose of Planned Parenthood <laughs> out there you know, so of course I was going to say absolutely that's the right decision to make, right? So that's where we're at. And I think the funny thing about this is you might think that this is like w- w- when the mics are off, like we're talking about this all the time. I I actually came to you like a month, two months ago, and I said, "Oh yeah, how's that movie thing going?" I mean, we never talk about Mm-mm. it; never, ever, ever comes up. And I just—it's the coolest thing in the world. Right? I mean, it's it—it's it, just awesome on its face for the for the future of you personally, for, for the future of all of us by extension, and what this could do to the profile of the show and all this thing and work. I mean, it's 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 gigantic, but it it never ever comes up. I don't know if you talk about it with the board on a regular basis, um, but my we mom, never talk about it. Or your my kids, mom, right? my, my mom will call me about once a month and ask me, but she's a mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay? cute. So she wants, you know, um, she's looking to, you know, brag on Facebook and stuff like that, you know. I so, bet your kids already have the pose for the red carpet. You know, it's interesting because um, I've tried my best to train them to take one thing at a time. So, when, so it's not here yet. So, so it's not here yet. Mm-hmm. Now, when when this deal was being negotiated late last fall, and right because I think it was right around Christmas that we finalized it about one year ago. So when this was being negotiated last fall, and and we were still debating whether it would go into immediate production or not, and we were even having casting conversations. Um, you know, yeah, we sat around in the, as a family in the family room and played like fantasy. You know, we'd go on like YouTube, uh, you know, on television, on, on our, you know, and who that be God, that guy be good for. We we had a lot of fun with that for several days. But I think once the notion got to, um, this is good, not going to happen for a while. Then yeah, I, you know, you know me, I'm I'm really good at accepting the things I cannot change. I am terrible at accepting the things that I can change. Okay. Like, I'm really, really bad. If I know that something is beyond my control, I can move on pretty quickly. I mean, really quick. But if there's something that I think is wrong that I can control, I, I, I dwell on it. I can't, I can't move on until, I, until in my mind it's, it's either been fixed or it's been rendered unfixable. This is a situation I have no control over, so it's really easy for me to move on. Now, when they call me up and they say, all right, we're getting going. And it's time to put the script and everything together. I just want you guys to all know right now, I'm probably going to be unbearable to live with. And I just think you should know that up front. Okay. In what way? In that 
um, all the level of obsession that I don't have right now, all the level of fixation and ego about it that I don't have right now because it's beyond my control, do not think me pious. I am very confident it will all come rushing back <laughs> at that moment. Okay. So just a normal work day here. <laughs> <laughs> I got like, I'm like, what's the brand? I was wondering why you were like, they were like, I don't know why this but, is such a big, big deal. <laughs> this is the, the, these are the conditions we work under Steve, here. Steve, insufferable, check. Got it. All right, final words. Kim, I'll start with you. Hmm. Um, I want to say that you, you've got to watch the show because... You know, the producer, Aaron, does such a great job of putting together um, the questions. Well, Steve helps, does the questions, but putting together. I'll take credit um, for that, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, just the videos and really, um, it's very thought provoking. And so kudos to you. I think you do a great job. Oh, thanks, Kim. You're welcome. Checks in the mail. Thank you. Um, I've been kind of quiet uh, on the podcast today because, dude, reddit.com slash r slash conspiracy I'm never gonna have a free Friday night again you're welcome it's it's insane just search for Las Vegas on that. Whoa. It's, it's your, your shut-in status just went alpha and omega yes. level right just, there. Just, just, to, just to have your back on this I almost did this like in the last five minutes like you know I don't believe Bill Mitchell's a real person Right. Mm-hmm. I haven't brought him up in a long time, okay? But we're getting this notion now that Kate Steinle's killer didn't really murder her, all right? That it was an accident, right? Now that's, that's kind of the alternative narrative we're being given to try and tone down the outrage over this. I almost retweeted this because Bill Mitchell tweeted, I'm oh. sorry, if a convicted felon is carrying an illegal gun that accidentally discharges and kills an innocent person in a crowded public area, how is that not at least manslaughter? That's exactly right. That is exactly right. I I nearly I nearly retweeted that though. I, I nearly I nearly retweeted. That's where we live. Strange I nearly retweeted Bill fellas. Mitchell. Aaron is trolling Reddit conspiracy <laughs> sites. Mm-hmm. We are broken. We are can, broken here. Can I be the first to say 2018 is twenty eighteen is going to be even worse. Hey. It's going to be lit oh. as flip as the yes. Gadsden Mall. <laughs> It's going to be as lit as the Gadsden Mall in 1978, man. You bet. It is going to be worse. If you went home alone from the Gadsden Mall in 1978, you took a vow of chastity from there, I promise. Todd, last word from you. Well, I that search that you, you talked about, about what, like what could we do to break through the noise? Um it's really hard to know what, but I, I, I've said on this show for a year now. I think about that all the time. The paradigm shifting, you know, what when I'm when I'm writing, when I'm on the show, you know, what can be said that isn't just talking, just to talk, you know, to to really be a change agent, to be a to be a prophet in this age. Uh, and no matter how hard that gets, no matter how impossible it seems, it is absolutely worth doing and i promise you this there's not a show you will ever find uh currently that is um tries harder to do that whether we fail or see that you know you'll write the emails steve reads far more than i do but uh we really really are trying to get through it all well said man all of you as well. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in today to the free podcast. Don't forget promo code DACE to watch the DACE group on CRTV today. 
Have a great weekend. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. 